0: Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Uh, today's sermon text is from Matthew six twenty-five through 34. The passage will be on the screen for, if you, for you, or if you like, please turn to Matthew in your Bible. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Um, Passages
1: of scripture like this give me fits. uh, Because I am a worrier. And, and I guess I always have been, uh, I'm always a little scared, a little fearful, and so uh, these passages get to me a little bit, especially that, that end part, which said, uh, well, what would it say? So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. And it makes me think, well, if I'm worrying so much right now, what in the world is coming tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I'm... That's just where I go. Be like, oh no, today was bad. Tomorrow's going to be even worse. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I worry. Do you guys ever ever worry much? I, it, it affects the things that I do. It affects how I pack for a trip. And I've talked about my my overpacking before. Uh, this week I was uh, I went to a, our district pastor training thing, and it's two nights. It's two nights and. Now, I was playing bass in the band, so I had to take some of that stuff. But we didn't have room. I didn't have room in the car once my, my friend, pastor of Jeff City Church, was with us because of the stuff that I had to bring. And I got done, and I was like, I overpacked. And Lori was like, no. Really? Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of silly examples of worry. And, and, but we're, worry is a, is a real thing. And uh, we talk about this uh, in relation to this passage, and I think what helps me a little bit, uh, because I think sometimes, if I'm honest, my worry goes uh, a little bit deeper and a little bit more unhealthy than it should at times. Um, but, but I don't think, and I want to say this at the very beginning. Um, I, well, we'll start this way. Uh, the word that is used for worry in the original language really uh, means this, to have an anxious concern based on apprehension about possible danger or misfortune, to be worried about, to be anxious about. And so I think a lot of times we take the word worry and anxious and we make them synonyms, we use them somewhat interchangeably because they're, they're kind of the same thing. Uh, but I don't think at the very beginning of this we can say that, that Jesus is necessarily uh, speaking to those who might struggle with anxiety and maybe depression that goes along with it, uh, in that kind of way, right? Um, because there are some people who, who maybe a result of trauma or because of physiology and brain chemistry and uh, all those things, they they just they have a tendency to, well, to, to worry so much that it begins to affect their daily lives. And if you've, ever, if you've ever experienced that, and, and, and I have, uh, it, is, it can be, it can be quite, quite crazy. Maybe that's the wrong word to use. Uh, but, you know, it, it ends up with just kind of making you want to curl up into a ball and not go anywhere or do anything or talk to anybody or think about the worries that tomorrow has. Um, so I don't think that Jesus is speaking to that necessarily. Uh, now, I do think um, w- certainly we can believe that, that Jesus and Jesus' power of healing uh, will help those folks, uh, help me, if, if you will. Uh, but we have always believed uh, that God works for healing uh, through the wonderful and brilliant medical profession- professionals in the fields of psychology and psych- psychiatric, what's that? Psychiatry, there it is, thanks. Uh, and, and just medicine in general, that, that God has given us these folks who have come up with solutions uh, to help us to live uh, maybe a little less anxiously. Uh, so I, I, I say that because I think that sometimes the church has, or at least in my uh, experience, this church has taken passages like this where Jesus says, don't do something, and uh, has just kind of applied them uncritically to, to everybody, like, okay, well, if you are worrying at all, this is a sign of your sinfulness and you need to just stop. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew someone who used to tell their kid uh, that they better go, like, if they got mad, the kid got upset or whatever. Uh, the mom would say, now you go into the corner until you have the love of Jesus in your heart. <laughs> like, okay, uh, staring at the corner is not going to make me want to love Anybody like Jesus loves anybody, but uh, I, I think maybe it can come across that way. Don't worry, stay in that corner until you don't worry anymore, right? Uh, and it just doesn't—it just doesn't—it doesn't work that way. And there's guilt and there's shame associated with with that. And and I really believe wholeheartedly that that what Jesus is calling us to not do is is given without guilt or without shame. Uh, and I think we 'll we 'll catch that at the the very end um, as we look at this well verse twenty five starts with uh, therefore, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what what you will wear it is not it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing now, if you were with us last week, we had just talked about uh, things like storing up treasures for ourselves here on earth where moth and uh, rust and st- people can steal them and, and being generous and uh, all of those, like, not being greedy and, and those kinds of things. Well, I, I imagine that in the, in the intervening moments between verses 24 and 25, that there might be some people uh, who have heard what Jesus has said and say things like this. But treasures in heaven don't fill my stomach when I'm hungry. Or I have to work to store up money so my family can have a place to live. Um, I think maybe we roll things through those, through, through those things we have a tendency to say, Jesus really didn't mean what he said he meant here, but he, what he meant here. Um, and I, I think maybe then we get uh, into asking, well, how, how, much, how much money is too much? How much, when does it become I'm storing up uh, uh, treasures for myself here and now and not being generous? Uh, what about land? Nobody can steal that and moths and rust don't degrade it. Like, can I own real estate? Is that storing up treasures here on earth? And if so, how many acres, right? Uh, again, though, I don't think, I don't think that's, that's a helpful line of thought for us anyway. Uh, Or to say, when Jesus tells us we can only serve one master, God, or, or money, or say, I'm not trying to serve two masters, it's just that my boss is a tough one who demands we go above and beyond everything, and sometimes that eats into time that might be spent otherwise. Rest assured that Jesus, in his love and faithfulness, understands the uh, complexities of living life. Understands the complexities of, of especially here, um, of the abundance that we've been given and how that can be end up being a trap for us. But, but Jesus knows that we always do need things like clothing and shelter. And we need money so we can buy food because we all can't grow our food if, if, uh, if it were up for us, Lori and I, to grow our own food for our own survival we would have died like before we even got started because we don't grow things. It's, it's bad. Uh, I, that's why I'm thankful for those people who do grow things really well. Um, thank you for keeping us alive. Um, so I, I just think that, that Jesus is saying, you, know, you need these things, but don't worry about them. Uh, you need them, uh, and I need you to trust that I am with you and for you, like we sang about. I need you to trust that I am going to, through a lot of different ways, help provide for the things that you need. Uh, I, I think maybe um, we might read this passage with a little bit of a different lens than Jesus' original audience. There's a really good chance that a lot of Jesus' audience were, were like poor, poor. Um, and so I think this would have had a different, a different connotation for them because they truly did worry about maybe where their next meal came from. Um, and, but that makes it all the more, I think, all the more important. Uh, if, if we can't trust God to provide for us in our abundance, I doubt we're going to let God, we're going to trust God's provision for us in our poverty. I don't know, I just thought of that, so I don't know if that, that holds up or not. Uh, but I think if we can trust God in our abundance, through generosity, through faithfulness to each other, uh, then I think maybe, maybe we'll be living into what Jesus has called us to. He offers up an example, two examples actually. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth, are you not of more value Than you, and can you can you by worrying at a single hour of uh, to your span of life? Uh, Now I want us to consider the birds. These are birds, all birds from around here. That's our back. That's our backyard. Shortly after we moved in, actually, and uh, at this point in our lives, all, all Lori wanted to do was sit and look out the back window and drink coffee and stare at the birds and become a crazy bird lady. Uh, so, I, so I took these pictures for her and, uh, it, uh, well, and this one too. Uh, miraculous little birds, right? I think that's the only time I've ever seen a hummingbird stand still. Uh, it, I will say I don't get the, I, I understand the irony of showing you pictures of birds being taken care of by humans rather than going out and foraging for their own food, right? I understand, I understand that irony, um, but I think the more I've, I've thought about it, it is that, well, yeah, God's still providing for these birds. It's just that God is using my crazy bird lady wife to provide for the birds. And I wonder if there's something in there for us, too, that, that yes, don't worry. Uh, God's going to help provide for you. And sometimes that provision looks like you and me. All right. Uh, Pretty birds, I guess. Or maybe the frogs. He hangs out. That little guy hangs out on our front porch uh, because the light's always on. Anyway, if we, we, we think about the birds, actually, I did a little Google search. And there may be on this earth at any one time 50 billion birds. 50 billion birds. That's a lot. In contrast, there's only like 8 billion of us. Uh, And Jesus says, if I take care of them, uh, if I provide for them, and and they're not worth anything because they're just, you know, they're so abundant and they're they're cheap maybe, I don't know. uh, How much more? I'm going to provide for you who I have created in my own image, who I call son and daughter. I'm going to provide for you. And he goes on. Uh, And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now, if birds are abundant in the world, if we are vastly outnumbered by things that fly, we are even more so outnumbered by things that grow from the ground. Flowers and and whatnot. Uh, and, And they're pretty, right? So pretty... Pretty flowers. That's right out there in the springtime. Uh, that one, maybe not so pretty. I don't know. I take pictures of weeds because I think they're pretty. If, they, if it's got a flower, then it's pretty. And one time early in our marriage, I brought Lori a flower from the backyard, and she's like, why are you giving me a weed? She's not here to defend herself. She's going to listen, though, and I'll hear this. But... Uh, even even the weeds, sometimes God clothes in splendor and glory. Uh, I mean, there's not, much, there's not much better than that, right? Pleasing to look at. Um, he says, well, how much more valuable are these things when they are here today, here today, and see, that's a weed, um, in all of its glory and majesty and color, and then we chop it down and throw it and use it for fuel in the fire, which they, which they would have done. And, and, you know, when it turns, when it turns to that. So if the weeds and the flowers of the world, in their transience, in their just a little bit of time that they're here, brief, really brief in compar- comparison to us, if God cares about those flowers, how much more so does God care about you and me, about our world, about us who have been created in the image and likeness of God, who he calls sons and daughters. Well, Jesus goes on, and he says, Therefore, uh, again, another therefore, you've got to see why uh, why he puts it there. Um, Don't worry, God's going to take care of you. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But strive for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given you as well. Um, I think this is the key point here. Uh, But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, The word that gets translated as strive is actually a present active tense verb. Uh, And when it's that way, it highlights the continual nature of the action. So it's not just I strive once and maybe I accomplish my goal, uh, but that it is a continual work that we do to, to do whatever it is. In this case, seeking after the kingdom of God. And so let's define the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the way things should be. It is the way God created them to be, where, where there is abundance and there is no scarcity. Where people and animals do not have to worry about where food or water or clothing or shelter will come for. for. And I believe that, that part of why God's kingdom is that way is because, well, the people who inhabit it or will inhabit it do not worry but live with generosity and compassion. See, I don't think that worry in itself is wrong. I don't think it's sinful. Uh, Maybe not until it starts to become destructive towards you, yourself, or the people around you. I think you can worry so much about one thing that you can throw yourself into that thing, let's say, uh, let's say making a living for myself. I worry about that so much that I throw myself into my work, and I just exhaust myself. And uh, my family suffers, and my body suffers. And and yes, I have a house, uh, but maybe that starts to. I don't know. Maybe there's a better uh, a better analogy for that. Uh, but I think I think what what God is calling us to is a continual striving to not worry. A continual striving for, uh, for God's work in this world to be fulfilled. For there to be a lack of scarcity. Now, I realize, and, and I struggle with this a lot, actually, when I think about these things. Um, I realize when we look at the world, it's jacked up and there are legitimate things to be worried about and we see people dying and suffering and we can say, what God promises to be with and for us, why is this happening? And I don't know that I have an answer that's provable or anything like that. I, I I think it's because God lets us kind of choose our way and when we strive for things other than the kingdom of God when we strive to build our own kingdom uh, hurt and pain and trauma and brokenness come into the world I think that's how it was with Adam and Eve They strove for their own little kingdom. I think humanity has been doing that ever since. Um, This word "strive" also illuminates the fact that we are not always going to succeed in not worrying or putting too much emphasis on the material things we need to strive to survive. I think, and this is where the grace is, to strive to strive for God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven means that sometimes we fail. That that sometimes we, we cease trusting in the God who created us to be with us and for us and to provide for us. So I think I worry. I do. I worry sometimes, a lot, actually. And it comes out in all different kinds of ways. But I think for myself, in the midst of my own worry, I, I hope, anyway, that I am striving for the kingdom of God. Amen. And that I need, I need you all to strive with me. Uh, because I think that well, I think that part of what helps us to strive for god 's kingdom, part of what helps us to not worry, is to belong to a community who believes that god 's kingdom is here and is coming in its fullness, uh, that you and I, that our church, are little bits, little inbreakings of god 's kingdom. Little sparks of what the world was created to be. Little glimpses into how the world will be when Christ comes and makes all things new. The kingdom of God is here. And it's with us. And we take it with us. And sometimes, in our striving, we forget about that. But you and I can help each other remember those things. Remember by telling stories of God's faithfulness and provision. Uh, giving testimony to the fact that, that we were poor when I was a kid, but we never went hungry. I may have had to wear my sister's hand-me-downs. I don't know that they actually, well, probably they did, yeah. Uh but that God provides for us. And if we look around our world, there may be things that we can do all over the world to help alleviate the suffering that people go through. Uh, I I get overwhelmed when I I look at that, when I think that way. But I think when we look at our own own city, our own town, our own little piece of the block, uh, that in generosity, we can help others. Uh, well, we can help God provide for the people around us. I, I think that maybe this, this meal, the Lord's Supper, I think Jesus worried about this. Like, he knew it was coming. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think that he would have huddled up in the garden and prayed, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Uh, But Jesus demonstrates his faith in the kingdom of God. He demonstrates that even, even through his suffering and death, God is providing for him and for all of creation. And so uh, when we take the bread and we take the juice, it is a remembrance, not just of our salvation, but of God's provision for us always. And, And like every other meal, I hope that it strengthens us, that it gives us the nourishment and the strength that we need to go and take God's kingdom with us wherever we go. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we confess that we worry too much, or at least I do. Um, We trust too little in your provision for us. We look at the birds of the air and we don't necessarily see your love for creation. We look at the the beautiful flowers that will will bloom in the following weeks and maybe we don't see how how it is through your provision and care that those flowers grow. Uh, Lord, we look at our bank statements and maybe our jobs and we don't see the gifts that they are from you. Uh, we see mainly only a a means to provide for ourselves. Or maybe even we look at our family and we might confess that we don't see that as God's gift to us either. But Lord, in our uh, inability to see correctly, um, we ask that you would enter in. Uh, That we would not worry in the in the ways that are harmful and end up being maybe idolatrous and unfaithful. But Lord, help us as we go to strive first for the kingdom of God. Help us to strive to see your giftedness and your faithfulness everywhere and then grant us the strength to be faithful and generous too. We pray in your name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.